Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years. Years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Derek. <laughs> And I'm Ray. I'm Alex Reed. Welcome back to another episode of... Mostly Mostly Mostly. guys and welcome back to another episode of mostly lit mostly lit i you know what right it's really weird because i can't believe we're still doing this really yeah oh god yeah like sometimes <laughs> I sit, like sometimes like this morning like last night i went out and then i came in and i had to wake up early to do a plan for today's episode and i had a friend over and my girl was like wow like you actually woke up like like early had a really long night to just do something for mostly lit mm-hmm. like th- like this is you actually do this nice. <laughs> like, we're getting, we're getting yeah. to the stage where people are just like oh you're going to recording today yeah like people I'm just like, know yeah, yeah that's what i'm doing yeah it's like oh Saturday, um, oh, you've got recording i'm like yeah, yeah yeah it's just it's really cool and i actually love doing this but it's just like right like it's a job yeah like i take it so seriously it's, we have to we wake have up to. early and to do a bloody long ass plan for today's episode but yeah <laughs> And Alex didn't appreciate the plan, but I'm I did like, appreciate this, the plan. You didn't. No, no, clap. no, no. no. I, you no. said you, you you specifically said, do you want cookies or something? Yeah, and then you, you did. Uh, R.I.P. Aretha Franklin yeah. gave me a nice Aretha Franklin um, gift. You know when she puts her bag down, she and puts she her bag down. And she's like, up. I'm just like, you know, what would you like? <laughs> I would like some praise. <laughs> well done. It's a great plan. We'll see how the show goes. Actually, <laughs> that's true. First of, first of. Anyway, um, so how was your week this week? This week has been. A pretty long week, actually. Um, nothing, literally nothing much that I did. Um, just apart from work, I haven't read much as well. Um, but I think now my reading, obviously, my reading drought is over. It's just a matter of getting stuck into reading. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not so like perturbed and and like unsettled and flustered about reading. Now I'm like, oh, I, I look forward to reading. I just need to get stuck in. Right. So yeah, I've had a long week. I've literally been looking forward to the weekend. So I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, how's your week? I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. Um, my week. Mm, oh, okay. My week. I'm just trying to think about it. What actually happened? You know, it, it's all a blur. No, actually, it's, yeah, it's all good. I've spent some time. You know when you're at, an adult, things just go so Yeah, I spent some time outside of London with family. It was good getting to do some R&R, getting back to 
basics. <laughs> what does R and R mean? Rest and recuperation. Oh, are you sure? Restoration and revitalization. Uh, hmm. Riveting. And I don't know, but, it's, but I think it's something. Children I don't know, it just sounds Children good. of virt- virtue and vengeance? <laughs> virtue and vengeance. But the thing is, like, no, I went um, yeah, I went away and spent some time with my nan mm-hmm. and just kind of, like, helped her around the house and stuff and um, just chilled. Like, it was just nice just being away from things, just get a bit yeah. of perspective. And you know one thing's always weird? When you go back to um, an older family member's house, whether it be your nan or great aunt or mm-hmm. whatever, or grandparent, and you start to look at, like, all the memories in the house... They like, love to show it. Like, no, 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 have them like my nan display. has a big thing where she's got loads of photos yeah. of all of us. Like, there's what I mean, on the wall, all of our, all of our grandchildren in age order. That's amazing. And it's, it's hilarious. But I then it's the like, older generation love that, like, actual But that's the thing. Photos. And like, you look around the house and it's pictures of everything. And mm. then you've got to think, this is like what? I don't know. This is six decades of. I love it photos and just memories and it's it's everywhere in in all our pictures are on our phones and we don't want to display them but displaying history like that and having it is just wonderful Um, but the minimalist in me is like okay so these are great photos it's amazing you can have them in a minimalist form like on one wall black and white have them on like the digital frames and whatnot but I feel like the they will, but they will, they disintegrate after a while, and they start to fade, and just do all these things. Yeah, but that's um, history. That's fine. It is history. Like it's, and it's like it's great having the pictures. It's just about you, you can know, always. You like, we live in a digital world, so you can always have them backed up yeah. somewhere. But it would be nice to put but them. You do up. accumulate a lot over sixty years. I stuff. want a nice wall yeah. in my in my home. Yeah. Of like photos. But yeah, that's that's what I was doing it was really good though it was really nice it's really nice to see like you look you look back at yourself at like when you're five you've got a picture of when you're five there mm. and you look at yourself when you're in year 11 and you're like I'm here like, <laughs> like, like that's actually me you can see and all these other family memories but yeah that's what I spent my week doing obviously reading and trying to what trying have to write been reading? oh so this week I've been reading I've actually been listening to the audiobook of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix just because <laughs> there was something that I wanted to um, remind myself about how just, Ravenclaw <laughs> I wanted to remind myself about it but then like I'm just like enamoured by the way Stephen Fry reads hmm. the book, and he does all the accents and he changes does he have kids pitch. no he's gay I mean not that he's not they can't have kids yeah. he's gay but he, I don't think he has kids mm-hmm. like he's just I would love doing like, his own thing I can imagine I just want him to have a son or a daughter and I don't and just have the him like read bedtime stories to his children that would be fantastic i think you'll just make a great like person Dad. in your family <laughs> yeah just to know because he just know. knows a lot he's so knowledgeable but yeah um, i hope he's not problematic because all this standing that i do for him i mean <laughs> who's not problematic these days do you see what i mean like you <laughs> not according to kehinde andrews anyway that's his own personal problem <laughs> what are you reading this week <laughs> I'm still reading um, How to Stop Time by Matt Haig. I know you. I thought you finished that. No, um, I've just had. I saw you tweeted so that. I was like, today. I'm still, just, yeah, I'm still reading it. You, you know, you tweeted it, I'm like, so, and I I'm, and I thought it was gonna say twenty, like, like six days ago, but it said four hours. So I'm like, hold on, <laughs> one second. What? You need to be more respectful of like, the fact how? that I'm going for a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, and apparently it's been turned into a film that I didn't know Ooh. this last time. Um, Cumberbatch, my darling, is playing. Um, the main character Tom and I think perfect 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 person to cast and also it is literally written like a script um 
and I was talking to Derek about reading this book. Derek, that guy that's also a part of this podcast, apparently. And he was telling me about how he, um, apparently someone said that Matt Haig. <laughs> Why are you laughing? No, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm at a bit in, Harry, in the Order of the Phoenix, you know, when Hagrid um, comes back from his from his journey. Yeah. And, and Umbridge is like, where have you been? Where have you been? <laughs> where have you been? I feel like so when I'm, Derek comes back, that's what we'll say. So imagine he's going to be like, he's going to come back just, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> After a journey. Uh, literally. Yeah, his, his, his return is, is coming. It's imminent. It's imminent. But yes. Um, um, but yeah, and he was telling me about how apparently he actually wrote it like a film and with, with the idea of it being filmed in mind. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know how true that is. I guess that's a, a good way of consistently making money. Yeah. And I quite enjoy the fact that I've been introduced to this um, author in a very authentic way and that I kind of walked in just trying to figure something out but apparently his his team and his press team have been very like they've been working they've been putting the work in yeah. and he's actually written quite a lot of books I feel like this newly person has just been introduced to this author but they've been about for time been about for time and I'm just like only now beginning to learn about them but it's a nice authentic way I'm like oh okay I'm not even going to pretend that I've known the guy yeah. I've known his work I haven't at all yeah um but yeah, so, so I'm still reading that and I'll tell you whatever I finish. But I told you guys, this is the book that I'm going to finish. This is going to be the one. So whenever the film comes out, y'all know what to do. You go at whoever is making this film because I need to be at the premiere. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Invite <laughs> us. I'm going to read the book next. So. Yes, please. Alrighty. Um, so who's lit this week? Um, oh God, like so, we mentioned it's, him before. Uh, he did murky books. He's, I don't know, like we, we speak about. We were speaking last week with Kihinde, um Andrews about radicalism and yeah. subverting the culture and actually going in there and shaking up a lot of things. And we've seen this week that Stormzy has, um, is it? He's created the scholarship for mm-hmm. working class black people to go to Cambridge um, to get an opportunity yeah. to get a chance to go there. So he launched a Cambridge scholarship for black students yeah. and he announced this on um, Results Day, which was a few days ago. Results Day is always such an amazing, stressful, but altogether, I think a very good time mm. um, in the long run because, you you know, things happen. It's, it's a great pivot in one's life and he announced the Stormzy scholarship which will pay for tuition fees and provide a maintenance grant for up to four years of um, of an undergraduate course and he said that it's very important for black students um, especially to be aware that um, university can be 100% an option to attend and he he will be funding two students this year uh, and two for uh, two more students in 2019 and on he was on radio one um newsbeat and he said that in college and, and in schools i had he had the ability and was almost destined to go to one of the top universities but it didn't happen for him so he really hopes that it will happen he can make else. it happen to other people and yeah he's previously been to like oxbridge and he's there's been clips of him talking to students there and engaging with them so i 110% understand that this is something that is very passionate to him and you can totally see it and i think it is wonderful that he's doing this because ethnic minorities black students in universities and in higher education is a myth 
there are some so many of us there are some of us there but it's a very small community mm. and we all somehow end up knowing each other because of the different acs's or the different uh, societies yeah. that we join and the different places that we end up in um we are not the norm so i don't think that you guys understand i went to university in east london in my college in my in my um degree course english literature there was a handful of us in east london i expected so much more but there wasn't and so don't think that because you have that one black friend that went to university that all of a sudden where there's so many of us there there isn't and that needs to be tackled and Stormzy sure. is just doing something sure. that I and think, I think is, is that an even just like thing. not necessarily the top tiers, but getting to getting into courses across yeah, just the higher board, education. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like making it an option, making it a realistic option, and something that people can aspire to. And I think that and, and loans know, you, and stuff. And, and I think it is. I guess it is trickle down in in a sense. You start mm-hmm. with what's perceived as the top, and then unis will start following yeah. suit and. I do think that that's something that uh, that needs to be commended. And Storms is again putting his money where his mouth where is. Where his mouth is, and he's, he's really doing, doing it. what he needs to do, and he's like, changing the. And co- you might you might think, oh, yeah, there's the student loans, there's maintenance grants, but that is a huge debt that is almost normalised now. But a huge emotional be. debt, man, as like, well. It's like, a massive debt that you know, once you've started working, a bit of money that you don't need to pay is like is going somewhere yeah and so yeah i i mean shout out to stormzy and i literally i the first thing i did when i found out was message mostly lit to be like guys we need stormzy on the if show you want to see stormzy on tweet about it guys like i really want him on because i want to talk about murky books like i really want to talk about that imprint that he's doing um alongside with penguin because that is mm. like for me that's so cool look, he, I, look I didn't know what you meant when you said we need to get storms storms and i was like oh okay and then i then i saw oh, then I, i'm did. not because i'm not on yeah you're not on social media I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't see it and then i saw it pop up somewhere and i was like oh, wait a minute what so mm. i started to google it and yeah man so yeah so that's who's lit this week guys tweet about it share it i know you guys are and doing stuff and um also Ooh. What I saw today okay. is that um, since Edward Enninfall has taken over Vogue, course, sales, have, sales have yeah. gone up by 50%. Yeah. I'm like, and do you know how true, because Black I coin. Never, black, black coin. coin. Yes. See, I never bought Vogue before. I used to buy on-off, like, prints whenever maybe Beyonce was on the cover or whatever. Can't lie. <laughs> I have, like, as soon as Edward Enninfall was made, like, editor-in-chief, I was like, well... I'm buying every month without a doubt. I'm there yeah. collecting my Vogue. There was one issue that I didn't like, so I didn't get it because I was like, mm. Yeah. However, and he has made a massive difference, not just on the people on the cover, because it's not always um, p- uh, people of color or black people on the cover, but just people who are writing for the magazine. Writing the for it, photographers, f- models. Um, the models. amount of black models in these issues are incredible and i will tell you that because i read it every single month yeah and he's done a great job so in fact you're lit as well yeah go for <laughs> you, it Edward. you can be lit too yeah um continue doing what you're doing it's amazing um like black people are standing so yeah let's move on let's move on all right so this week we are taking it all the way caucasian <laughs> <laughs> we are moving moving way back way back let's go back a thousand years to 500 even um to 1597 1597 
seven. Um, we're reading Romeo and Juliet. Romeo. We read Romeo and Juliet this week, and, and um, Ray kind of like Imposing. railroaded me into doing this. She's like, "We're doing this." I'm like. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, do you know what it is? Um, but yeah, we no, have um, not done Shakespeare. It's a really interesting. Yeah, so, Can you imagine? Yeah. Since I mean, we, we will talk about him, but we've actually never done anything. And yeah. I wanted to do something that everyone is kind of aware of. And, and they kind of, and there are so many cultural references of Romeo and Juliet in different books, film, art, in modern culture. And I just thought, well, you know what? Let's take it all the way back to the actual text. Yeah. Because so, so many people may have like, Obviously, so many people have heard about it, but not a lot of people have actually read it unless it's in schools. Yeah. And even then, like, you hardly ever finish it. Right. Um, All right, so let's... Yeah. Okay, a bit of a... I if you don't a, know... I'm going to say around... A, not a recap, but obviously, Romeo and Juliet is one of the most um, lauded and most cliched Shakespeare books. Wait, over Overused, cliche, overdone. What's that? Like, cliche. So basically, you know, people, when everybody talks about love they talk about Romeo and Juliet you yeah know, because it's an archetypal like that's it that's it it's yeah. become the cliche it's become the stereotype it's, it's become, become the yeah. the structure for what people perceive love to be Tra- tragic love yeah I mean yeah. and it's created um, loads of different storylines across the across like you know West Side Story is based off Romeo and Juliet but um, then, I mean, we'll talk about I mean, it later, but Romeo and Juliet is based off so many things beforehand because Shakespeare, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, is teeth a teeth, in. like, yeah. <laughs> teeth in, teeth but he's doing what a lot of people do now anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just the medieval, yeah, you steal, no, as the artist you steal, though. yeah, but, um, yeah, so it's about, it's about Romeo Montague so and Juliet Capulet. Yeah, so it's basically... And <laughs> they fall in love. Can you not do this? Because you're really... It's forbidden. No, stop it, stop it. And we are going to give a detailed description. I mean... Because because this is what everyone knows, but nobody actually knows what one. Wait, are we in a seminar? Yes, we are. We are not in no seminar. So, they fall in love. Is a is a tragic <laughs> romance. Um, Literally, used to be called The Tragedy of Romeo and Juliet. And it was first published in uh, the first quarto in 1597. Um, and then it got republished again, I believe. The second superior Q2 called the play, and it was called The Most Excellent and Lamentable Tragedy of Romeo and Juliet in 1599. Um, Yawn. T- <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to stab you in the eye. <laughs> and it's based on the, it's, if you didn't know this actually, interesting it fact, it's kind of, it's based on the Italian tale, this like narrative poem. Uh, by Arthur Brooke in 1562 called The Tragical History of Romeo and Juliet. But there has been so many other things that have been literally like the same types of mm. things, the same types of plot that obviously Shakespeare took from. Um, there was uh, Pyrrhus and Thebes from Ovid's Metamorphosis, which has very similar things of two people who fall in love and whose parents hate each other. Um and like things like dumbass things, dumbass things, things like the the names that um, he's used, like Montague and Capulet, mm-hmm. were actually used in uh, Dante's Divine Comedy. I don't okay. know if you've read Divine Comedy. Um, if you don't, if basically Divine Comedy is a tale about the afterlife, and uh, it kind of narrates Dante's journey through hell, uh, purgatory, heaven, etc. Um, so yeah, like and the names of Montague and Capulet feature in. Dante's Inferno. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, yeah. So it's the tale of two thirteen. No, uh, Romeo is twelve. How old is no Juliet is twelve? How old is you? Is she twelve or fourteen? No, I thought she was fourteen. 
Was that not what was discussed in the book when the nurse was? When the nurse, no, but she said he goes on this day she will be fourteen, but I think I think she was twelve, you know. Okay. But and and that scene with um, Lady Capula and the nurse because they were discussing her age and oh she's ripe for marriage now blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So plot line. We start and don't when every time I think about Romeo and Juliet, I always think about Baz Luhrmann's. <laughs> oh, the, movie, the, the, the film, which is actually the, fantastic. Who's in that? Is that, like is the pa- best. Paltrow in that? No. Who's in that one? That's <laughs> you're thinking about uh, Shakespeare, Shakespeare in Love, love Shakespeare which in is love, amazing. Yeah. Also, that's um, DiCaprio, and uh, oh, what's that woman from Homeland? I don't know. I don't watch that. You haven't watched Baz Luhrmann's? Wow. I haven't watched Baz Luhrmann's what? The Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. No, I haven't. <gasps> <laughs> Ray looks so hurt. What happened? I haven't watched it. Wow. Why, what what are I... you doing with life? Oh my God, today. What? After this recording, I have my laptop here. We are going to watch it. Why? How dare you? How dare you? Who are you? Get off your damn phone. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, re- I'm looking at something to bring up later. Oh Sorry. my God. Okay. No, I'm actually so hurt. Yeah. Why though? No, because that's a cultural... What? For what? For who? I'm so, Luhrmann, I am so sorry, I'm, I'm, Baz Luhrmann. I don't even know. Really? Anyways. <laughs> what? Wow. Anyway, so yeah. So let's just get back to plot. It starts off with a brawl in yeah. um, like a street. And that's how you get to un- kind of are introduced to the... Um, the main character. The... No. I mean, the story. Kind of like the, the idea... The, the tone kind of being yeah, set. Yeah, basically, so. you have a thing called the chorus at the beginning of each, like... There's a chorus, and they kind of tell you exactly what... The prologue. The, yeah, the prologue, and it tells you exactly what will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a little... It's like a rhyme. Da-da-da-da. All two families came together, and... I'm so... Da-da-da-da. Guys, like, guys, guys. Alex said... Alex called it. It's a rhyme. He <laughs> called... He he dare call a sonnet. I know it's a sonnet. A ri- right. It's a rhyme. <laughs> Can you just be respectful of this amazing, incredible work, please? No, right, like low so, key, I'm gonna stab you if you don't oh yeah, take this so seriously. So basically, the the prologue, the, the the prologue outlines what what the whole story basically is. So Absolutely. basically, it starts off two households, both alike in dignity, and then it's set up in Verona, and it tells you about in Stilti's, fair Verona, where we lay our scene yeah. from ancient grudge break to new mutiny, where I, civil blood makes civil hands unclean. Wasn't going to read it out, but. It's essentially in... I mean, I wasn't going to read it out. Okay. A pair of star-crossed <laughs> lovers take their life, which tells you exactly what happens at the end. Right. Whole misadventured piteous overthrows. Right. Do with their death bury their parents' strife. So essentially, their, their death... Caused the end of the Brings the these two uh, fa- um, fighting families together. Right. Um, And, yeah. So, <laughs> Alex. Hey. uh let's go so why do you think the story has lasted for as long as it has in terms of why is it still something that we talk about because i feel like so it's it's, again it's another narrative it's another conversation on love it tends to be the conversation on love Mm -hmm. and when and it's basically what this play kind of introduces and talks about is the complexities of that Mm-hmm. And how that can kind of, and how love between two people can cause like so much issues of, around them. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? So it's kind of like I don't know why it would have continued on for so long, 
But right. I feel like it's a very, I feel like it's, a, it's like an inv- a very, it's quite an important narrative to have at the, at the top to think, okay, when you actually do have love and there's so much more at stake and there's so many different things that are happening around this, around outside of the two people that it concerns. Yeah. Therefore, it, it creates war, it creates death, it creates strife. It's kind of showing you the good side and the bad side of yeah. what love can do. And um, obviously in its most extreme examples. So we've seen, we see death quite a bit in this um in this play yeah so many people and die it's obviously when you're reading a play it's different to seeing it because it would just say such and such falls and it's just like <laughs> well okay yeah, he did and then like so okay so he's dead now and um but i feel like it's the with it when it comes to shakespeare in particular um it's the articulation of that like we have to, you know with plays they have to explain in a way their feelings and everything that's 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 very dialogue heavy yeah and and this is a very dialogue heavy bit so you see a lot there are so many monologues and soliloquies that are happening yeah and um like yeah so i I do think it's important just because it's like you know they they, the detail in which they talk about you know you've got you have certain characters who will probably talk about in a bit who um express certain uh, feelings about love Mm -hmm. and then um you know, and then others, you know, towards the end where you've got conversations about loss and about the feeling of loss and, you know, confusion and all these different things, dramatic yeah. irony and all that. Um, I just, it, it does make for good reading. Yeah. It does make for good reading. So that's, you know, and actually, that's what you need in a play. Yeah. You need in something, in a piece of work. I was actually very surprised because obviously I had, I read Romeo and Juliet for school actually in year eight the mm. first time. Okay. And, I was very surprised at how, I guess, how dialogue heavy it is. I mean, it is a play, but um, you kind of think you know what it's about. Oh, a star, a pair, like star-crossed lovers, something about poison, and then they die. Um, but it is so much more than that, I think, because just in terms of plot-wise, um, you start off with that street brawl that introduces you to the two main characters. And then Prince Aeschylus, I think, Prince of um, Verona says, you know, the next fight just just, just says this, oh, you know, the next fight, it'll be punishable by death. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's moving mad. Everyone's moving like, oh, shit, Buki. Do you know what I mean? And then you get introduced and Benvolio, who is um, a friend of uh, Romeo, um, gets introduced to us and you get introduced and then we find out about Romeo this love sickened young man who's lost a, a, a woman called Rosalind and Rosalind is um, as a Capulet actually so my man's always been you know shooting for the other side for real <laughs> and he gets brought in he's all love sick and stuff and you see this change and he talks about love in this very lamentable way which we'll get to yeah. a bit later okay. and then after that they, someone's like, oh, you know, let's go to this party um, in the Capulets to maybe you might see Rosalind there. You might show me her. You might see her. They go. The first thing he does is see uh, Juliet, asks people, oh, you know, who's that babe over there? <laughs> and they, I, and it's that first meeting is obviously very iconic yeah. because it's love at first sight. The idea of love at first sight. Every time I think about love at first sight, I think of Romeo and Juliet because yeah. literally is yeah. the first example of love I, at first sight I, I, that I've been ever been introduced yeah. to and it's funny because what you'll find a lot in this book and in this story is that not much has changed 
at all. It happens. Everything Not happens in the change. period of three Listen, days. Listen, all right. So let's talk about act. Let's talk about act one, scene one, please. <laughs> right, so act one, scene one. Yeah. Oh, Romeo talking to Benvolio. Yeah, so basically, about his love so Romeo, Romeo is there talking to Benvolio. Now, now, okay. So you picture it, right? You're talking to you. You're talking to your friend. Like, ah, uh, um, I've been in love with this girl or guy or whatever and you know and then you, they, your, your friend sees how much it's hurt you sees how much it's done to you and you're down and you're down in the dumps and your mood has moved all over the place right and then your friend is trying to console you mm-hmm. trying to trying to tell you oh you know like that person was trash like um <laughs> like, but Romeo doesn't no 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 I'm just yeah, saying yeah. That, you know when you're when you're friends yeah. like so you got, you got some good friends who are very much like oh okay it's okay, um, it's okay. No. like you'll learn and then you have friends like yeah. Mercutio who comes in Mercutio's my favourite character who comes in and he's just like all this is trash. Like, if why love, keep your eyes he, closed? Face your front. Yeah, like, why you, why you getting in love? Amazing line that says, but, um, "Oh God, what is it?" But it was so funny watching watching. It was when I was first read this. Um, it was so funny seeing at the very beginning Romeo's kind of like dick, not trans. I don't want to say transgression. I'd say it's transformation, transformation because I was reading it and I was like, when I because I I would already I only had the the idea of the of the main story like mm-hmm. you know Romeo falls in love with Juliet Juliet da, 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 and then Juliet they, da, 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 what because most people don't know what happens they die how at the end. what happens what what one she drinks a, she drinks something no but to, why so this is this is the story oh like, okay that yeah yeah we'll, we'll, we'll go through it we'll yeah, go through okay, it but like okay. that's what I mean I didn't know that all I know was that Juliet drank yeah. this and then she wasn't dead you yeah. saw that shit and then blah, blah, all this stuff and um, I seeing that he wasn't he was like he was reading it in reading it he was very much thinking like oh alas that love whose view is muffled still should without eyes see pathways to his will like and then he's talking about things like Oh, all these questions about where should we eat, where should we go, where should we do all these things, all these things that would bother certain people after they've fallen in mm. love. Do you know what I mean? You start to think about the time you spent doing all of these things. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, if you've broken up with somebody um, and then you go to a place that you both went to and you're like, oh, I took them to my favorite place, or oh, yeah. I was dithering, like, thinking, oh, I want to go here tonight, you want to go there tonight. Yeah. You get to, you know what I mean? After you've lost. The, yeah. the, the the early honeymoon stages so of love. So I think the reason why, I guess one of the reasons why it's lasted so long because in comic culture happens. is because, yeah, it's it's a very universal topic. So the first time we are introduced to Romeo, Benvolio says, good morrow, cousin. Romeo's like, is the day so young? And Benvolio's <laughs> like, but I'm you struck here, nine. Man. And then he goes, I, me, sad hours seem long. Sad hours seem long. Was that my father that went hence so fast? It was what sadness lengthens your hour. So you imagine your friend is just telling you like, why, why are you so sad? You know, why, what, what sadness lengthens life? And then he goes, not having that which having makes them short. Benvolio is like in love. Romeo's like out of love, out of her favor, where I am in love. So he's literally like, when you know when you're so love sick and you're just like, bruh, like the days are so long. Yeah. I can't think, I can't eat, I can't breathe. Yeah, but if he's so dramatic. I find it really dramatic because like I just It's <laughs> wonderful though. I thought you're so extra. Why no, such is love's transgression? <laughs> Griefs no, but, of mine own. No, but you're I'm saying like, it in that way because we've learned to look at like Shakespearean language as this grand thing. Fair but news. what you have to remember is these people, this is this is how they used to talk. And one of the things that I don't know if you've been to um sh- um uh, the Shakespeare, um, Royal Shakespeare. The Globe. The Globe, sorry. They have 
like the when there is performed you have the pit where which is where all like the peasants used to be and it used the, the plays used to be very interactive so they will interact with the peasants people will throw things at the stage people will boo and scream and shout so it wasn't like this grand thing because you had like the people at the top who were really rich and then you had these people at, who were really poor but all parts of society were in th- it was like love island love everyone what? was trust me people like higher people in the high echelons of society people in these corporate jobs they will be watching love island and yeah. so will be people in ends know, so it really know, brought people together i really think and that, made it universal i don't think it but i feel like it wasn't um something that because you know what because shakespeare wasn't highbrow then in the in, the, six, would, in the 1600s he wasn't highbrow he was it was very much that I would I would put it akin to us to like soap operas as what you call as what we would call lowbrow or whatever. But nowadays. it was, but people were watching but, it. But yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't highbrow. It wasn't something. No, it was, no, no, he no, didn't he didn't he didn't hold court. You know what I mean? He didn't do that. It wasn't, he wasn't highbrow, but people who watched his stuff like like it was for everybody. It was like it was theater for the everybody. Queen. It was theater for for theater for all people. Obviously. You know, as you, but as we've seen, you know, people are writing for certain people, and then obviously that gets picked up and it gets noticed yeah. by people, and then certain people start to to watch certain things, and it becomes for certain. You know, even we see today, where people are like, you know, people get it get picked up by a certain institution or a certain celebrity or whatnot, and it's all of a sudden um, yeah. entered into a different realm. Yeah, but um, I do think that this was a very like this this how, how did you this think, scene. Yeah, how do you think of? Romeo here in terms of how his his idea of love I just find it I found it really funny because I was like I was like when it comes to Shakespeare um I think Shakespeare says a lot and he repeats a lot of the things differently Mm -hmm. you see what I mean um like love is a smoke made with the fume of sighs being purged of fire sparkling in lover's eyes and he will repeat that again like being vexed to see nourished with lover's tears and then it will you know what i mean like he will he will he will hammer home the the idea first yeah. of all so then you're ingrained of an idea and then he will change then the story will change and it's like oh so i've got to move out of that that mindset and then move into a different yeah. one and you'll see later on in the story how romeo's tone changes and uh-huh. all of these different things and i think what i found quite interesting when i was like reading this studying it was how like the use of poetry is one of the factors that change it aids i guess that transformation so for example when we first come to know of um romeo proper dramatic like unsettled his idea of love is i think here very wishy-washy um we don't even know rosalind some a woman that we don't ever ever meet in this uh play <laughs> before but or but she's like the apple of his eye something has ended and it's and i think what i was reading was um how in this part the type of rhyming and the type of couplets that were portrayed uh the type of poetry was a different type of sonnet so it wasn't the um shakespeare english the normal english uh sonnet mm-hmm. um it was the petrarchan sonnet and that had different rhymings and it just wasn't very fashionable it's not like the normal the, the english sonnet like when you read it it's really pleasant to read it's very calming in a way mm. it has a beginning a middle and end a, a harmonious end whereas the petrarchan sonnet is has a different rhyming um yeah. rhythm and stuff and so i think what i really like about shakespeare is he uses poetry in a 
in a very calculated way to yeah. aid that view of of Romeo and his other characters and then you see that transformation with the different types of poetry yeah. that that so is used. So only certain people can it's like when you're conveying a point it it's put into a rhyme like into a rhyme and couplet if you're into a sonnet if you're um when he's trying to really hammer home something it's put into a rhyme and couplet when it's the main character a lot of them mm, only a, speak, a couplet is normally not like not rhyme and couplet but like this the sonnet so like you know yeah you know the A B A B. Yeah, and even like for example, the first the prologue that's written in an English sonnet. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys so y'all should have been listening in your English classes. <laughs> I never did it. I never did Romeo and Juliet. Didn't you? I did much ado. Much ado oh, about okay. nothing. Um, basically, a a a, a normal English sonnet is like fourteen lines long, consisting of four quatrains. So with a rhyming, with a rhyming um rhythm oh rhyming rhythm of a b a b and then it, at the end you have um a rhyming couplet which is normally used to finalize and bring things together um and you can see and it's also written importantly in iambic pen- pentameter um and it's iambic pentameter is kind of like a meter that has f- uh five iams used it's just very just just do it it's just i i was always always taught to count it on your hand like um what's the what's the first line again with the prologue um so two households both alike in dignity mm. that's the niambic mm-hmm. pentameter that whole line um so yeah like it's it's very like i never knew poetry to be this it's very but like thinking that shakespeare, shakespeare, shakespeare writes calculating in a, shakespeare writes in a very shakespearean calculated way yeah like you know what i mean not all poetry like is like this and not all poetry should be like yeah. that as well um this, but, this so, poetry is hella long. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, back to the story though. When it comes to when it comes to being lovesick, how justified are we in being lovesick then? How would you mean how justified? Because I mean, because I, I read it and I was just like to him, I did. I sometimes, you know, obviously when you've when you've left a very intense relationship and whatnot, and you really just wanna you you wanna demist sometimes. But yeah. you know when you're when you're when I'm reading it now. Because when you're in it, you're just like, oh, I'm just, I hate everything. I hate everybody. This mm-hmm. is just shit. This is trash, whatever. But now reading it now, I'm thinking, can people just be so whiny all the time? Like, you know all what I mean? Like, 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 like you've lost, like you're in love. You've fallen out of love. We've spoken about handing people your stars and whatnot. Um, okay. So, so you'll move, like, I mean, you move on. I mean, you'll no, move I get, on. I get the, what you the, mean. The, the day is young. Yeah, like, however, you see what I mean? like, however, if, Romeo was to complain about Juliet, that would be a bigger thing because that was that, that was a great love. However, definitely was a great love in terms of. Reading, we don't know what we don't know what, but we or, don't know what he had with Rosalind. No, we do know they had nothing. Honestly, like we the the mere fact that she's hard, we never see her. She's not mentioned. She's we're not giving any. It's not information. about her. The story's not about her. No, but in terms of, we know that that was a frivolous love in all the different techniques that. Shakespeare has used to portray mm. Romeo's love for her. It was very frivolous. You're going to a party to look for your babes and you're falling in love deeply with another woman who you marry the next day. Come on. Okay. Like, that's bizarre to me. Okay. <laughs> How, so I get it. Like, sometimes I guess love needs to mature and you might need to go through the, you know, loving people immaturely or thinking that you're in love. And when you complain about that, everyone sees it. Yeah. Like, you know when you like someone and then it ends and you're like going on about it and your friends are like, going on for ages like, and yeah. You're just like, you, you come on. Like, like my friend, shut up. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So I get like, yeah, Rosalind, well, I guess was an example of a frivolous love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how complaining about it, not everyone has the patience of Benvolio 
to be like, oh, how was your day? Do you know what I mean? I'll just be Makushio and be like, if love be rough with you, be rough with love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go talk about Makushio. Let's talk about his favorite character. Let's ever. talk about his. Um... Oh, his uh, scene. Right, so his big iconic scene. If love be rough with you, be rough with love. Prick love. love for pricking, and you beat love down. Give me a case to put my vis- visage in, a visor for a visor. What care I? What curious eye doth quote deformities? Here are the beetle brows shall blush for me. <laughs> now, like, essentially, it's I, like, under, I underline very, very hard. Yeah. If love be rough with you, be, be rough, rough with, with love. love. If, but that's about that's coming if from. If love a, pricks you, prick you back. But, you'll beat love down. And it's fine, like. But this is what, but this is what I'm saying. Like he's given, he's he's coming from a place of bitterness. He's coming from a place of, you know, who has time to to, to deal and quarry in these feelings mm. and quarry in this idea. I don't know because you know? I feel like Mercutio's character was a very flamboyant character, and he was also. That's what I'm saying. He like, was also loving. Like he's he's like live your life essentially. For me, it wasn't like if if love be rough with you, then beat love down to a point where you don't love anymore it's like if love can do all of this then do all of that for love yeah and i guess that you can have different interpretations of it but for me it wasn't don't love it was love harder like if love be rough with you like go ham in hand in hand and with love do you know yeah. what i mean um and okay it, i don't know i think so when for me it was like that's when he says what curious eye doth cope deformities like he was like, I don't care if you see all of these flaws that I have because if you're going to be rough with me, like, then I'm going to be rough with you. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. here, here, it, here it all is, yeah. essentially. Um, I love it when he, I mean, I don't love it when he passes away, but he's a character that like... Passes away. <laughs> life was taken. His, he was slain His life was by taken. Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, he was slain by Thanos. But um, um, obviously that, that whole bit that he said, sorry to cut you, that whole sorry. bit that he said was um, was in response to Romeo asking like, you know, is love a tender thing? Yeah. Is is it too, was it, is it too rough? Too yeah. rude? Too boisterous? Yeah. I'm just like... It was a weak little but bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's just, he's, he's, he, you know, he's going through those those phases now. He's like, you know, you break up with somebody. First of all, like, first oh of all, you hate love. You hate this and, yeah. and then you start to philosophize about love. You start getting all yeah. theoretical. Like, can like I, how much can I love? You know, should I love this Should much? I love, I love them love as much, much as they love me? And then obviously, as you say, if Mercutio... Yeah. Mercutio, Mercutio if love be rough, it's coming in. It's, yeah, he's love. coming in flamboyant. He's just like, you know what? Who cares? Yeah. If this is what if this is how it's treated you, treat it back. Treat the it same back. Way. Like, yeah. You know, and, and it's it's kind of like how I kind of would think in the sense that, you know, don't spend so much time on it. Do you see what I mean? Every person is out there. Like everybody's, everybody's made to love. I believe everybody should experience it, and should experience it to whatever lengths and degrees it goes to whether you mm. have to experience it several times whether you don't have to experience it I guess times. yeah we all need to have a Rosalind and we right. need to have a Juliet right exactly yeah. so I feel like you know because not everybody's going to experience the same love the same way yeah. and everybody's going to experience like some people have that and sometimes like, some your people, Juliet might be like they they're yeah. thinking of you as their Rosalind yeah some people have that some I mean? people have that long love that just goes on and you're like oh my god you've been together for 10 years yeah. 20 whatever and then some people just have oh I've been in, have, I'm in I'm in love today and then it's like well we're and over, I guess the or, great you, you don't really know for example that ten year love could be the same depth as your one week love do you know what I mean yeah you just don't know but obviously find your Juliet who looks at you as their Romeo because when you're finding 
your Paris <laughs> and they're looking at you like their Juliet is not it's not the one no. but so I just wanted to ask you quickly do you okay. think this is a love story or so some people look at themselves you know it's a modern it's an allegory of modern day life you know we have all this prejudice and, and hatred and I've read so many articles of people um Akinning uh, Romeo and Juliet with with modern day prejudice and how you're always having two opposing sides mm. and they cause uh, fear and they cause death, or is it simply a love story? I don't think anything's simply a love story. To be mm-hmm. honest, I think that things just aren't that simple. So, so you think when Shakespeare wrote this, did you think he was writing it for Romeo and Juliet, or was he writing it for the greater society? Was he writing it? For the first of all, Capulets and the Montagues in modern day society who just have a. I think that when he wrote it, it was modern. So basically, he had taken yeah. a story from elsewhere, mm-hmm. made it for the modern time for his modern for time, his modern yeah. time, and then show, and then presented it to the people. It has now been a classic for yeah. however long. But then you know we've had West Side Story, and we've had um, even Greece, or mm. even. Taken. Um, yeah, all of these little, all of these little films that we see and all these plays that we watch and things like that, like where you got two opposing sides, yeah. two opposing lovers. Somebody dies, um, or somebody dies because of this love, or there's something. That, and it could be anything I mean? from like family strife to religion. I've seen so many times yeah. when it's religion that. So, uh, yeah, so I think it, I think I think apart. it was definitely modern times when it was written, but when it comes to like. And so it's, how it's, it's, we just, view it's just it? what it's influenced it's what it has influenced now yeah. obviously we are a, of a different generation different mindset different thoughts but certain things still ring true and still ring the same because I think they just did they did live in a simpler time you get angry you kill someone for real <laughs> literally you go out there and you fight and you fight and it's like, you duel and it's like stop fighting and it's like no five like, four yeah. three I don't know if you guys have seen Hamilton but no, <laughs> every time there's a duel it. there's like this number countdown oh, song no. it's really funny but, um, but yeah that's kind of like that's kind of what it is, you know what I mean? Like times were simpler then. Like yeah. a lot of things, like you, we, we just see it in a different way now. Imagine like you, people you, are. Someone angers you online, bro. I mean, it kind of happens. Yeah, it has happened. Yeah, it has happened. Even if we, like, as sad as it was, um, what's his name? Is it Henry Azuko? The model. Yeah, the model. Yeah, that story is just hella yeah, sad. Yeah, but like he, that that was um, jealousy and. Yeah. You know. All of these motions that literally have been about since the age of antiquity. And I think, I guess, this story kind of brings them to the forefront and puts them on the stage for people to see. So you have all of these emotions from opposing sides and families, be it uh, family war, be it religion, be it uh, race, be it anything. Things hurt people and then they uh, act in a certain way. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And in doing so, hurt other people. And so I think what Shakespeare really does well is, and I think this is aided by dramatic irony, it's aided by tragedy. Mm. The idea of catharsism and how all of these things piqued your emotions. And I can imagine people leaving the stage, just as when we watch all these gruesome things online, it's almost this like emotional purgation. And uh, what? Emotional what? Purgation. What's that? Like, <laughs> like, like, like what? your emotions are purged. Oh, okay. You're watching this gruesome release. thing. Emotional release. And then you're just like, it just all yeah, comes out yeah, and then you yeah, leave yeah. and you're like, <sighs> yeah. and Shakespeare does that so well with a lot of his tragedies. Mm. And that's why I think there was an appeal for his type of work. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. You see something portrayed on the stage and it's the same thing that we go through now. We go on Twitter and we see the most horrific things. We leave and then we come back and we're just like, oh, that's normal. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so catharsis is great. It's a great entertainment factor. It's why people come back for more. But at the same time, it can really make gruesome things very normal. Mm. Um, let's just move on to Act One, Scene Five, which is when Romeo and Juliet, uh, Juliet, <laughs> Julia, <laughs> um, meet at the Capulet uh, feast that Romeo when goes, it goes with, down with Benvolio and Mercutio. So Romeo to- starts throwing some game. So, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Romeo starts throwing some games. So, in this scene, there is a famous sonnet um, that, you know, Romeo basically goes in, asks someone, oh, who's that lady? Um, right there. You know how you ask your mate, like, rah, like, 10 o'clock, who's that? Um, this whole film, this whole play is an R&B song. <laughs> I can't even lie. And, um, <laughs> so, and then Romeo approaches Juliet. And they basically flirt outrageously using um, Catholicism, essentially. And uh, (laughs) this is how it goes. Um, Romeo goes, if I profane with my unworthiest hand, this holy shrine, the gentle... Why are you reading it like that? (laughs) My lips to blushing. No, let's just pretend that this is like mandem, yeah? I my lips wait <laughs> two blushing pilgrims bruv ready stand to smooth that rough touch with a tender kiss and then Juliet's like good, good pilgrim good pilgrim you, no 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 no. let's take this shit seriously <clears throat> Juliet's like good pilgrim this is how I would do it anyway you do your wrong you do wrong your hand too much which mannerly devotion shows in this for saints have hands that pilgrims hands do touch and palm to palm is holy palmist kiss Romeo's like have not saints lips and holy palmers too? And Juliet's like, I hey <laughs> pilgrim lips that must they must use in prayer. And Romeo's like, oh, then dear saint, 
Let lips do what hands do. They pray, grant thou, lest faith turn to despair. Juliet's wow. like, saints do not move. Can you imagine? Basically, they're, they're, they're basically saying... They're doing, a, they're doing a language, they're doing a language dance. Yeah, they're, like they're throwing it Yeah, back so they're basically saying, essentially it's like, Romeo's touching her hand and says, oh, you know, if forgive me, like, if my hands, like, if this is a very unworthy thing for me to do. Yeah. Um, and then Juliet's like, oh no, what do you mean? Like, don't, you do you do injustice to your hands like don't don't saints and pilgrims like touch and isn't their touch like a kiss like a holy kiss yeah or something. and then he and then romeo is like oh let me step it up a notch you know if you're saying hand to hand is a kiss well don't saints and pilgrims have lips that yeah. do kiss and yeah. touch and 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 Juliet's like oh oh let me let me, <laughs> let, me let me play on he just turned up he turned up the heat it was he, he like, was literally he stepped it up yeah and romeo and, and then, Juliet's like aye they do but they you know let me step back and let me not let me not be too forward <laughs> but these lips they use in prayer <laughs> and then <laughs> romeo is like well let ha- let lips do what hands do and pray and then Juliet is a, such a stush wench, yeah. <laughs> Juliet's like you're a stush wench. Honestly, Juliet's like finished. yeah, but saints. You know when a man them's like, oh, can I kiss you? But you're not gonna move because you're like bougie. Yeah. But so you're like yeah, but saints don't move even when they grant a prayer. And then Romeo's like, well then don't move and let me take my lip. You know? Oh my god. <laughs> and so yeah, so um. Then he kisses her. And then but he then, kisses her. But then, I feel like. Oh, my favorite line, he goes, you kiss by the book. I was like, oh, child, oh, the messy. ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> what is your problem? I'm actually but, gone. Uh, I'm so You know gone. what's funny? Because at the end of the day, right, when it comes to, you know what I mean? And it's like, not much has changed though. Because you, cause when, cause when, cause when you're like, when you're having them kind of word battles with, with someone, man, someone, someone that you like, like text messages yeah. online it's yeah. just like you're basically just like you're going back and forth back and forth you're yeah. trying to set the innuendo or they're trying <laughs> to like they're trying to be like well I didn't see that oh you know yeah. you know what I mean and you kind of you kind of gauge whether obviously online you can't really t- tell no because, I think online it can, no, I feel like, I feel like, it, I feel like it's dead online because you, there's no tone there, do you see what I mean? They've only well, got the for the immature people who can't read tone. You know what I mean? Like, you know, because the thing is, like, this is um, this is unprint. Yeah, we could read it. We could have read it in completely different ways. Yeah. But obviously, we know that's going to be performed, and when yeah. that's performed, it's performed in a particular yeah. way. You kind of take the context and yeah. throw it. Now, it's really annoying. when you're when you're in that pos- when you're in that position, mm. and you're just like, well, um, I would kind of want to get this. I'm I'm just I'm basically I'm, to, to I'm it's like a tennis court. Like yeah. I, you're giving me this, I'm gonna give it I'm back to you. I'm giving you that, back to you. And then before you, if know, she didn't, you if, she, and like, if neither of them were feeling it, he would have left, or she would have. Yeah, left. exactly. Would have been like bye. But she was on it. But they were she on it. She was on crud. She they was like, yeah. <laughs> they were on it. Um, but on I think I, what I love about Shakespeare is, and, and what I hate about how it's taught, for example, is this scene is so fun. Like this scene is so fun. This scene is literally flirtation on ten. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But the way it's taught, it's so like highbrow academia, and you're like, no, these are two teenagers why is it? Why? having it at, yeah, like, having but, it out. Yeah, but that's the thing. But the issue is how it's taught, not how it's not what it is. What it is. Mean. But then you have people who are like, I hate Shakespeare, and I'm like, oh my god, if only you had. But they might just not like it. They literally just might not like it. Do you think like an like a language thing? Because it is quite hard to get into in the beginning. Because you're I mean, like, what is this? It, it, again, with the right teaching and and, exactly. and and the right and the right counselling to read it because exactly. obviously you read things differently. Do you see what Which I mean? Which is why I think teachers are so imperative when it comes. Because for example, like. Well, Let's just actually let's just dive into that. I call it conversation about whether texts like these should still be taught in schools. Yeah. Um, I'm of the idea that 
they should be taught because it's part of British history if you are in Britain. However, it should be balanced with modern text because you can't just be teaching antiquated shit to students because they live in the modern world. So you need to give them a flavor of the past, the present, what happened in between. It shouldn't be, oh, like for example, I think university does it really well. In university, when I did my English course, I got a flavor from medieval, post-colonial, all of these different eras. But when you're in school, you're, like, you're in school for five years and you cannot put that in. You're teaching these kids Romeo and Juliet yeah. till kingdom come. Come on. Yeah, they're put, they're, they're put upon though. It's like a, a lot of teachers are pressured into a lot of things. Exactly. But, but it's, there it needs the to curriculum be curriculum that needs to change and, and the, the, you know, the yeah. Secretary of Education really needs to sit down. But when the Secretary of Education probably knows nothing not about education, mm. doesn't understand these kids' daily lives, yeah. you can have a curriculum for Eton that cannot be taught at Walthamstow Academy. Yeah, yeah. I think when I was learning uh, Shakespeare, when I was at school, year nine, ten, 11 even um our teacher always gave us the film adaptation adaptation alongside yeah, it same we so i always remember much ado about nothing as the film with emma thompson denzel washington yeah. keanu reeves kenneth branagh yeah. like iconic cast yeah, yeah. but then See, i had i had baz lerman that's what i'm saying yeah, but, so i watched this. that and i was like yeah so i, I got it M- M- um, Macbeth the same thing like yeah. watch the film Richard III for me yeah, yeah watch the film and like we read it alongside the film yeah. so we can kind of like you know cause it, it cause comes it, to it, light because it would have been because the thing is with, when it, when you're watching an, an adaptation of a of um, Shakespeare yeah it's word for word because it's, it's usually the film is yeah. usually word for word yeah. if it's the actual film it's word for word because it's the play yeah so it was very interesting to see and to and to watch it but then it's a further conversation around these kind of things like what does love mean what does this mean what can be what can we see in this conversation mm-hmm. here with Julia and Romeo in this um thing how can we translate that to a bar scene for example precisely like in yeah. a bar scene in a in a you know in like yeah. a, in like a what is it a soap or something yeah. people are having are bantering or you know what I yeah. mean and it's just it's modern, very it's very fast themes, it's very fast modern, and forward but hard. modern themes but in a different era i suppose and i think that's what needs to be shown. for example when you're introduced to shakespeare oh we're starting a new shakespeare play it's it's this grand thing i'm like no it shouldn't be it it really shouldn't be because that really puts so many kids off and before you know it you hate it and rightly so you should because mm. If you're not given anything else, but my sorry, sorry, just to point out, my only thing that I don't like with this is when Shakespeare is taught to um, countries that are not in the West. I don't like that idea, and it's part of the colonial movement that exported not only yeah. goods and and war, but also the arts and um, putting their arts above and the rest. above everything else. And so when I go back to Tanzania. And my cousins are quoting me Shakespeare, but they cannot tell me about Wathiongo to 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 much like stand to, to, to such a standard. Mm. I'm really saddened because that exportation of British art values culture to the other to their so-called colonies, mm. as they say, is what made them such a 
big deal in the world and and why they still deem themselves mm. to be above the rest of the world in culture in yeah. in yeah. civilization and that is what needs to end so when people are telling me should Shakespeare, there was a massive debate in i think it was that south africa where shakespeare should be taught in their schools i yeah. was like take it absolutely out. not i love shakespeare don't get me yeah, wrong take it out but take that's out. not their history yeah i mean like it's just one of those things right we, it, sh- it shouldn't be it should be appreciated across the world, but not yeah, enforced across exactly. the world because Appreci- it's like definitely. because I feel like it's just one of them things. Like if you if you were from a different country and came to England, like for example, do you know about Molière? Who? Right, that's the French version of Shakespeare. Exactly. For example, for example. Exactly. So I only learned that because I studied French. Yeah. So therefore, I could go to France and exactly. have the cultural understanding of exactly. what Molière was. And you have all these other like French liter- literary figures yeah. that we don't know about yeah. because. You know what I mean? It depends on what you are studying and uh, and your interest. But with France and Britain, it's a bit of a different. Slightly different, yeah, but I mean, like if you go to somewhere yeah, else, they were always speak, at war with yeah, their cultural. Like yeah, yeah, France yeah. is a very proud nation, and yeah. so they would all also want to export their cultural. Yeah, yeah. But that really shows you the power dynamics of a country when they can not only export goods and material substances, but they can export their cultural yeah. and um, cu- cultural artifacts that become the paradigm that become paradigms of power everywhere you go. The whole world knows about Shakespeare. Pictures taught in America. Why? Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Like, it's because of colonialism and that colonial movement. And so what we need to start breaking that down because no con- no country should be putting cultural um, paradigms of others and cultural um, symbols of others ahead of their own. And so I want African nations, specifically because that's what I care about. I don't care no about nobody else. I care about Africa. I want, they, I want them to, first of all, teach and have that, um, change in their minds whereby mm. they teach their own and they invest in their own Most um, languages and their own music and their own arts because that is what I mean money and economy can build a nation and it can build a like, hardcore economy but pr- that idea of being a proud country or the idea of being a, a unified country is when you have a, a unified frame a unified historical thing that you can respond to and think about and give to people and when you have that that really forms a country which is why i think like for example nigerians they their um cultural music their 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 books and stuff that's really allowed them to to form that proud idea of what it means to be a nigerian and what it means to be a united peoples even if there are internal strifes or whatever and i think that needs to be for everyone that's why we see so many nigerian authors now it's going out yeah, and yeah. sharing their work yeah. do you know what i mean because yeah. they've established that yeah and yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, yeah, and yeah. it really annoys me so no like especially when they work when, when they when it works through the diaspora as well absolutely i think that once we accept that we can still tell the stories of home mm. abroad I think that's kind of one of the really really that's gonna that's the linchpin yeah. really like you know what i mean like everybody's actually doing um you know we've seen all these short stories, we've seen all these things and they're coming back. Like a lot of these stories have been written about being a Jamaican, but you're in the States and in mm. Britain and being yeah. a Nigerian, but you're in the States and you're in Nigeria and you're elsewhere and all these different things. So I think that that's something that's so important. I think there but, needs to be a, like a imprint, like imprints in different countries as well, because we have Penguin, we have HarperCollins, we have all of these uh, prints, uh, publishing prints here in the UK that- I'm is, sure they have. They do, but here they like really export them you know they send their like books out into the world like for example even like greek history 
Greek is the Greek history is the one thing that Britain couldn't take away because they were such a proud people and they they really formed their nation that they were able they to They formed British culture. So. Exactly. And they were able so essentially they were the colonizers of what we have now yeah. here, do you know what I mean? And that's why we're still talking about their work. We're still talking about Olympus and we're still talking about Hercules and all these heroes and why? Because they were able to export their cultural mediums out into the world and form ways of thinking. And the Britain point, has done that, to, but I hope that it ends with this thing because I'm tired. To the point that we even have the Olympics is actually like... Mad, right? A, a, every four years you're reminded. And <laughs> like, you are reminded, fully reminded. Of the impact. Of that something that happened... Eons ago. Anyway. Literally. Can you imagine? Right. And that's why, like, you know, I guess slavery and all that stuff, like, and, and the imperial movement isn't going to die down and the effects of that isn't going to die down anytime soon. But now we need to start making our yeah. own... Yeah, and it's happening, yeah. but it, I really want that emphasis to continue. To be honest, yeah. But all right, a small so, on. So a roundup of a roundup of the play towards the end. Uh, roundup. Yeah, basically. So we have like the after they meet, you have the balcony scene. You know, like oh, my only love sprung from my only hate and all that rubbish. Romeo, <laughs> Romeo, wherefore where for art thou, Romeo, Romeo? That very and then um basically. I think what people don't know is that before the whole poison thing happens, um, Juliet, they basically marry. They consummate their marriage. But um, uh, Tybalt, who is Juliet's cousin, confronts Mercutio and Romeo, and Mercutio is slain. And then Romeo kills Tybalt, and he is banished, um, not killed. Because remember we said in the beginning, the Prince of Verona said anyone who kills or whatever or provokes a feud will be killed but Benvolio is like actually Mercutio was slain and by a, a, a Capulet and um, Romeo merely avenged that and therefore he shouldn't be killed so the Prince of Verona said okay well he'll be banished you're banished and so he <laughs> which, which gives him his monologue of tis torture and not mercy yeah <laughs> um, um, and then he goes off and before that he consummates his marriage with um, Juliet and Juliet's um, all crying. She's in tears, and he, her parents think that she's crying because she's lost her cousin. And they're like, "Well, you know what? The conclusion is we need to marry you off to Paris." <laughs> and so, in he obviously she's already married to Romeo, so she goes to Friar Lawrence, I believe, yeah. who is like, she's like, "Listen, if if I don't move from here and if I don't, I can't marry this man. I will kill myself yeah. because that's what you do." <laughs> and Friar Lawrence is like, "Well, I will give you a potion." That will put you to sleep for a few hours. Look and at this wizard, bro. People will think that you're dead, and um, but really you're gonna wake up, yeah. and we're, are you gonna send? A, we're gonna send a message to Romeo, and you're gonna basically elope yeah, into yeah, the yeah, wilderness. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, he how it happens because nothing really works out, nothing does works it? Out. So and so Romeo she does that. Yeah. Romeo, before she he gets the message that it's all a fraud. Yeah, <laughs> he, it's all fake. Yeah, it's fake, fake news. There we go. He's like, oh my god, like my base is dead. What? Yeah. Goes into the crypt, um, like the wake where, like I was gonna say Beyonce, the wow. crypt, um, the tomb or something, the tomb or whatever, where like she's laying, and then obviously Paris comes through like, what? Who's this mad man trying to like, like come to my babes and ruin this amazing thing that we're doing after that she's died, and then they had they beef. Uh, <laughs> 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 
baby. Romeo dies. No. Everybody else dies. Romeo kills Paris. Yeah, Romeo kills Paris, yeah. And then Romeo, before obviously he comes, he gets goes to an apothecary and gets the poison. And he kills himself. And kills himself. Just as he's about to die, obviously. Romeo, Juliet, Juliet wakes up. Juliet. 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 Juliet wakes up. She's like, oh. Oh, oh my, my god, god. <laughs> you're, you're dead like fry she's like okay fry where is my romeo and then he dead my jigger <laughs> romeo dies and then, we and go. then she's like well kisses him because and she's like oh there might be some poison lingering on his lips let me kiss him <laughs> and then she stabs herself and then and then she hears people and she goes wait people are coming wait let me make this quick oh my god and then she takes a dagger and, and yeah. falls on top of him then she dies, and then everyone comes through, gathers around. Fry Lawrence is like, "Well, let me tell you, well, Mark, well, let me tell you, let me tell you it all. Let me question. tell you what happened." See ya. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I knew all this was happening, but <laughs> she's like, "Hmm. They well, are... next, next question. question. Hmm. hmm. See ya." <laughs> you know what's actually really interesting about this though? Like all these remakes that are coming. <laughs> Lakeith, what an amazing plot! Like, I'm La- sorry, this, this is um, amazing. Lakeith Stanfield, who play, who's in um, do you know Lakeith Stanfield? The guy, you know from Get Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, get out. Yeah. <laughs> Him, yeah. He's um he's gonna be in an adaptation of uh, Romeo and Juliet. It's it's an adaptation from a graphic novel called Prince of Cats, and he's playing Tybalt. 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 So he's playing him. And I just find that really interesting because it's going to be... Because when you modernise these things, it's more things to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Like, and once you've got... once, And I think it'll be good for once, once they go into schools and whatnot. And um, I'm interested to see what the rest of the cast will be like, to be honest. Who was your favourite? What? Character. Oh, I liked... I mean, I want to say I liked. I want to say I liked Romeo just because. Oh no, Romeo is like his growth. His yeah, growth. The, the growth. The yeah, growth he grew was, really well, but poetry really aided his growth. Yeah. In the end, his po- poetry was amazing. Yeah, I think that really helped. Um, I liked Marcusia. I liked Marcusia. that. I didn't. I didn't like the monologue that he had, but I liked what when I, he has died. Death, no, plague no, no, onto be- all your houses. That's no, like no, no, before the most amazing thing ever. Before, um, but otherwise, yeah, I like. I like those two. Yeah, I like those two. There wasn't. The thing is, there weren't many. Like characters that you could kind of, I couldn't, like, I could empathize with throughout this. I was actually, I was literally just watching a narrative mm. happen. Like I was watching it go. Um, but yeah, I did. It. I yeah. did. I was. I enjoyed. I loved Romeo because he had the best poetry in terms of what I literally. I really think everyone should read this play outside of the curriculum because you really come to understand how. Like for me out of all the plays that I've read of Shakespeare, this is the one that is most poetic. I don't remember the love. I remember how bloody talented Shakespeare was at writing poetry mm. and, and, and being able to carry a plot forward and having these little subplots in the middle of things that happen, having the jokes like the the nurse, for example, is one of my favourite characters. She's just able to add a bit of nuance. Like you can, you can really feel the love that she has for Juliet that Juliet's mother doesn't have. Yeah, for her. because yeah, and it's just it's wonderful. And yeah, for me, it's it's Romeo for the for the poetry. And there, Juliet has Juliet's poetry is just annoying, but she has one line that I really love. Something like when she's lamenting and talking about Romeo, mm. uh, says something like um. Like, oh, where is Romeo? Blah, blah. And find him and cut him up in little stars 
and he shall make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will be in love with night and pay no worship to the garish sun long thing which is i literally know it by heart because it's the most i think it's the so imagine it's extra though, find it's him and cut him up into little stars and he shall make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will be in love with night pay no worship to the garish sun. everybody spoke like that I, I know, imagine, but it would I, take so long I, to get your message across because you're will, doing paint, yeah, but you're painting picture. I know, but it's beautiful because yeah, and we yeah, don't yeah. talk like this because we just want to get things out. You know, yeah, yeah. we don't think about how powerful our words are. And yeah. for you to imagine someone being cut up and, and thrown up into the heavens is wonderful. Okay. So yeah, I think that's what I liked. But cool. favorite character, Mercutio for the banter, um, Romeo for the poetry, Nurse for the comedy. Right. Cool. Yeah. Guys, that's Romeo and Juliet. Go out and get it. Read it. Let us know what you Please think. read it. Um, and the like. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so happy we've done this. Mm, um, Finally. Mostly flicks. <laughs> mostly flicks this week. Ray... You can tell how much Ray... You can tell how much input Ray had into this episode this week. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to send you like a two-page plan. Okay. Um, the episode that... <laughs> Mostly flicks we're doing is Mean Girls. <laughs> now this is the second time I've watched it in life. Oh really? Yeah, I remember watching it when I was in Glasgow because I had never watched it before. Oh okay. And I watched it again this morning, and I was like, "This actually is actually such a funny film." It's hilarious. Like, but I find it. But so it's weird. so problematic now. It's like, very problematic. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I do find it um, interesting to watch Rachel McAdams in that role. When she's usually yeah, when she's a, such a lovely now she's now she's in all these um, rom coms and she does yeah, and she's a sweet and delicate she's person so sweet because we watched them Regina, about time yeah and now she's Regina George in this and it was actually quite interesting. This is to, how I first got introduced to her. Yeah, actually, yeah. and um, yeah, Mean Girls is about a girl called Katie. She comes to the school and it's basically like a it's kind of positioned as an anthropological experiment um, as to what the high school is like you know you've got yeah, clicks her, you've got her factions there's zoologists yeah. and she's been homeschooled she goes into this um high school and uh she's she's now having to navigate this new world which is even more complex than the jungle yeah. so or, i didn't like that though i don't i don't i don't like that i don't like the fact that she was like oh i'm, I'm just from africa she's like, from africa it's like if you're from africa why are you white which which actually the first time i was like yeah that's like problematic yeah and then i was like well actually White people be going into Africa. They weren't originally from there, where they. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like, she, I don't think she explained a lot of things. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she didn't say to them, "Oh yeah, my mom and dad, they're not from Africa. We studied. They studied we and they taught. To, you, you know, know, because we are like the zoologists and <laughs> like they're researching. Like, you know what I mean, like they're researching. So we're white saviors and we're going to research Africa. I mean. Yeah, I think that's something that could have been said within the yeah. film. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this, this film is not woke at all. It's 2004. Yeah, this is 2004. Like, it's this is an American ago. teen comedy in 2004. It is peak, peak, peak problematic when you deep it. But we're going to forget about all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and discuss how hilarious it was. Yeah. Um, um, so who are you? Which which mean girl were you? Mean girl? Yeah, which one were you? Were you the anti-mean girls, which is, um, what's her name? Um... Oh, what's her name? I forgot what her name was, but the girl with the black hair. The girl with the the emo with the black hair. And um, <laughs> I don't know. I really think I, I just I don't think I would I just wouldn't have been pressed to be 
in any I would have just been in like oh I'd have been on that black table yes you know, thank you know, you know the, the unfriendly black yeah hotties. the unfriendly <laughs> black hotties I'm like of course you would have been I'm like I'd duh like, I would have been like come on I'd have been like why are you we would all have been in the like, unfriendly black hotties yeah, table and then you're like I would not have been pressed yeah I like, like, like you could just be your plastic be your plastic <laughs> as long as you don't enter as long as you don't interfere with my scholarship Honestly. don't interfere <laughs> with my grades this is it don't interfere this is it. with anything on is my it? food I'm cool. We are unfriendly. Don't talk to us do because we do. technically run the school, but you think you do, but we're going to let you it's think fine. that you do. It's okay. But I'm here to get my grades. It's fine. And bounce. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but Loki, I love Gretchen. We'll, we'll be at every party. <laughs> yeah, we will throw the best parties. We'll be at we will invite you, but don't get it twisted. We don't like you. We don't We don't like you. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, of those three, I think, that, I, think, I think it was such a... Gretchen Winger is my favorite because she's just like... Which one's Gretchen again? You know. Oh yeah, her. Oh, I found it irritating. <laughs> I hate because I'm popular. <laughs> I love her. And like no one caught her. Um, but yeah, so I think that the film's really the film. I was trying. I was struggling to re. I was trying. Uh, I was struggling to figure out why it's a classic. And Do you know why it's a classic? It's not really. So for example, it's during a, that a, time, we had a lot of teen dramas. Um, those American teen movie. Remember that they had. Um, they had loads of things like. Um, ten things I hate about you. Teen films. Yeah, know. there were yeah. loads of those, and they kind they was hella 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 Caucasian, and um, I think there was a lot of people who liked them because, I mean, I guess they were true mm. to a certain degree. Not for us, you know, black folk because we couldn't relate, um, because we had parents yeah. <laughs> who would not be about yeah, yeah. all of that. That's true. There was, um, there was never a black teen. Exactly. Oh. Well, I don't know if we had one like that. Do you know any that was modern though? Not like back in the day, nineties ones, like proper early noughties black films that maybe that wasn't like uh, Cheetah Girls. I was gonna say Bring It On, but then Bring It On was like Honey. It was still white. I used, uh, I watched Honey, loved Honey, but that's not a teen drama. She was exactly. she was a grown ass. She was woman. a grown ass. She was woman. in her twenties. She was yeah. She was living. The I don't life know that, anything like featuring in a black. But it would have been. It would have been. It would have been the closest thing I would have thought would have been Bring It On because of the. Have you seen Bring It On? Dance. Cheerleaders. Oh, um, uh, Gabriel, Meg- Gabriel Union. No, no, but it's Cameron Diaz. Is it her? Oh. It's Cam- no, not Cameron Diaz. The other one that looks like her. <laughs> the other one that looks like her. Who? Katie. The other one. What film is she in? Um, I actually have to know now. She's um, Mary Jane in Spider-Man with, to- with Tobey Maguire. Oh, uh, Kirsten Dunst. There we go. <laughs> that one. It's that one there. She's, um, <laughs> she does not look anything I mean, I get, like Cameron Diaz. Look- Tell me, listeners, no, if this is a lie. Looks nothing. They look alike. No, they don't. This is. You know what this is? This is a microaggression. <laughs> this is an. This is the opposite. This is an. This is like reverse racism. Wow. That does. <laughs> wow. This that does is not. That does not. exist. No, it can't. Yeah, it doesn't. So it's reverse <laughs> prejudice. <laughs> but yeah, so um, Kirsten Dance is a cheerleader, and she finds out that the cheerleaders are stealing from this black. Um, School, which mm-hmm. is obviously a poorer school in a poorer neighborhood, whatever. And this is not uh, the same. And it's like, I mean, I mean, and they're just, um, yeah, and they and they go to their tryouts, whatever, because they can't afford to go to the tryouts for the for the global for the national competition. Mm-hmm. And when they do go to when the black team do get to the tryouts, they they do the they end up seeing the same um, routines that they were, that were stolen from them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's bring it on. But I don't think there's I don't think there's been anything like that of a teen drama oh have you seen Save the Last Dance yes of course I've seen so it. then that's probably no uh, no it's not Save the Last Dance is white woman central 
Yeah, but it had black no, people in it. No, no, I refuse. <laughs> Say the last sauce is the same thing as Ten Things I Hate About You. Why mm. is it around this white woman? It's the same. It's the same actress. Who, <laughs> literally, the same actress. Literally, she's amazing, but like, no, mm. I don't put Save the Last Dance as a black movie. No, I'm not saying it's a black movie. I'm saying it's a a teen drama with a black focus. No, it's a teen drama featuring black people. <laughs> Surrounded, like all like going around this white woman. This white woman. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No. That's true. <laughs> um, who else? Is, I don't know what. There, other... There's actually nothing. Yeah, so actually, anyways, back to Mean Girls. There's no films. No. Nothing <laughs> like it. What I do love about Mean Girls is one of my favorite scenes is when Gretchen. Um, there was a part where she had to translate, actually translate, uh, Julius Caesar, and um, oh, and she's and she's breaking down and she's cracking. Yeah, and they said what was so funny about that is. My when I studied Julius Caesar, we had to translate that passage, and the the, te- the professor said, "And please, nobody come back with a passage from Mean Girls because some people have done that before." Oh really? Literally. Oh my god! Um, and it's the same thing. And she's basically using that. She uses a, an expert an excerpt from that uh, when um, Anthony, is it when Anthony's like, was it Anthony or Brutus? I don't know who it was, but yeah, to describe somebody else. Mm. And she describes with Junior George because at that time they were going for issues. Yeah. And um, yeah. What's your What's my, your favorite? Is that your favorite scene? Ah, uh, my favorite scene. That is one of them. But my <laughs> Why are you laughing? At I'm, not, I'm thinking of my favorite scene. Oh, okay. Um. They've got several favorite scenes, to be honest. I like the part when it's like, oh, who here has been, you know, by Regina and everyone puts their hand up and she's just looking around like, what? <laughs> and the part when everyone has to do the whole apology thing. <laughs> um, Gretchen says something about like being popular and I love it because I'm like, yep, that is me. Don't hate me because I'm popular. And then she, yeah. Oh, do you know, do you know what makes me laugh? That that scene, that same scene, and there's that girl, and she's like, oh. "I just wish that we were all the same from middle school, and we just, I just want to like bake cookies and pick one and big cake." And they're like, even "Go here, she even go here." Yeah, and there's then, actually some in so many like websites <laughs> where they're like fifty best mean girl quotes, yeah. and some of them are, "Yeah, this is Gretchen's one." I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular, yeah. and I always love that. And yeah. then. Someone's like, don't have sex because you will get pregnant and, and die. Yeah, that yeah. was from Coach Carr. Yeah. Um, and Katie's like, I know, I know I may seem like a bitch, but that's only because I'm acting like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the classic on Wednesdays, we wear pink. Yeah. The limit does not exist. Boo, you whore. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. I think it's a, yeah, it's, it's an interesting film. Interesting film. Even like, even that bit when he's like, glow, Ken, glow, Glen, uh, go, Glen, Coco. Go, Glen, Coco. Go, Glen, Coco. Go. But yeah, I think I love the te- I think what it te- teaches you in the end is the whole idea of there are these mean people, they'll try and change you, mm. but essentially be yourself, be cut, be the math geek and don't yeah. let the haters put you down, man. Yeah. But yeah. I, I really don't like that um, Indian kid because <sighs> culturally appropriating blackness is yeah, when, not he, when, cool. he was M- when he was emceeing. Not cool but then he was like, all. I only date people of color. <laughs> <laughs> this film is so trash. But it's was, so funny. I was literally watching it, just like, wow. Yeah. And like, it's actually terrible. And like, just some of the things when, when even um, Katie's mum was like, "Why is the what was it this this tribe's fertility jar underneath the sink?" Yeah. And she's like, "Do you know what this does? This not mean anything to you?" She's like, "No." No. And, and I'm she's like, like <gasps> and she walks off, and I'm just like, "Why would it mean anything?" Why to would her? it mean anything to this 
this Caucasian girl. Yeah, like you're the you're the academic. Yeah, and even then, why do you care so much, <laughs> white savior? <laughs> That's what I mean. But I think like it's a, it's a good film. I like I was excited to watch it again. But you, um, I love um, Regina's mom. <laughs> oh, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> she's she's irritating, man. When people are having sex, do you want a condom? Anything else I can give you? I'm just like, wow, this is unacceptable. She's really just like, you know, this house has no rules because, like. <laughs> I'm a cool mom <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, that's Mean Girls. That was mostly flicks. Unless you've got anything else you want to add to that. Um, No, guys, do not be a plastic. Don't be a plastic. Um, Go to school and be yourself and watch Mean Girls. <laughs> and we need a black... We need one. I don't think we have one. I don't think, we, I don't think there's a black teen movie, is there? Not in the noughties, but do you think there's one in currently? Mm-hmm. Crickets. I know. Um, I think the closest we have is Grownish, which is a TV series. So okay, yeah, yeah. But that's not really teen. That's no, that is teen. Mm, they, they're at that's uni. college, yeah. So it kind of once it once it crosses the threshold of university college, yeah, I kind of just not, like it's, it's not the same. Then, yeah, yeah. I, like teen, as in like when you're fourteen. And, and you're going through shit. 16. This is when the, apparently they were 16 and they were supposed to yeah, be yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that would be, um, that would be an interesting. Yeah, I think it's it needs to be done because I can't believe that in 2018 we're sat here like. Not, and we can't think of We them. cannot think of one at all. But yeah, if you do know any guys, let us know. Okay, cool. And um, let's move on. You got an issue. I have an issue. Now, my issue today takes from... Um, our Who's Lit section. Now, as you can remember, we talked about how amazing um, Stormzy's um, new scholarship is, where he is funding two black students this year to go into um, Cambridge. And <clears throat> online, I saw mess, guys. I saw utter mess. That really showed me that these people are mad. And because I am not your father, I'll tell you how mad you people are. Because <laughs> I am not your father. So, some YT people, and I saw some people of colour say that apparently this is so racist because why is Stormzy funding black students only when there are poor, Polish, white, Asian, white, white, poor working class people that also need funding why does he need to segregate us more and make it that he's only funding black people well let me tell you why this is not a level playing field at all at all you might be white working class but do not tell me that you have the same issues as white as black working class people. Mm -hmm. You may live in the same area because of gentrification, because they put you in these same areas. Mm -mm. But when we go to that job interview, Matt Smith, and you put on an accent, and me, I put on that same accent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do not tell me that me and you will be similar, okay? (laughs) This is not a level playing field. It's not a level playing field. And to be quite frank, it is not black people's responsibilities to now be the saviors of your issues. To lift you up. Right? 
You where are your bootstraps? Where are your people in your community? We don't have our own bootstraps. We don't have our own bootstraps. We don't have our own ladders. We're trying so to create you know, our boots. Exactly. So now <laughs> you time. want Stormzy to be like, I'm put all of you in college. People that don't look like you. As far as I'm concerned, I was going to say Drake. Wow. Stormzy doing this for his own people mm. is what your people have been doing for your people since the beginning of your people's time. There we go. So don't now come and think that this is reverse racism. There no. are scholarships available for you, man. Absolutely. And my issue, you know what? I've had it. I've had I don't it actually understand. with people thinking that they can use black, black labor. We have to always be fighting for their causes. But when we fight for our own, it's an issue. Yeah, Why is that? Because racism, honey. Exactly. It's very when it simple. comes to blackness, everybody, everybody's capitalizing on it. Everybody's benefiting from it, but black people. Exactly. So, like... And it's not a problem seen, when you people do it. I know, I've seen articles of, you know, by certain organizations who have decided that they want to, you know, talk about blackness, black relationships... And you know, benefit and profit off timeline discussion because they want to capitalize on blackness Literally. and blackness and black love. And it's like the same thing with this with this scholarship situation. Everybody's like, "Well, he should be doing this." Like, don't tell him what he should and shouldn't be doing. Absolutely. It's his money. It's his money. Cambridge uh, has endorsed it. Exactly. And Mind my your issue business. Is I don't understand like why you have money, an opinion. It's his autonomy. It's the, th- the the thinking behind it that you really think someone helping their own people, their own people who are not at who are not at all privileged, is a bad thing. When nepotism within the white and white community has been literally been been what we see now do you know what i mean every day when you go to these jobs they will bring in people that look like them that have gone to their um institutions that are their aunts and their cousins do you know what i mean and and all of these people we have never had that and we finally do and it's a problem why because it is a fearful thing when groups of people come together mm-hmm. and they support one another because that is where power comes from when a, a people unite and they, they they show a united front that is moving it is powerful it is what makes change happen and you see that and you fear it and that fear comes out of prejudice fear is and, your own and, personal problem. And, and and racism essentially mm-hmm. and now we are beginning to see this is very small this is really, actually, really small. It's two students. Do you know Can what? you imagine if it was a bigger thing? Do you know what? People Ray? will crumble. Do you know what, Ray? Do you know how like important minding your business is? <laughs> but they can't mind their business because they you see it as their s- business when change begins to affect you them. Know, like, it's not but when I tell you, we are not, coming. But it's not actually affecting you. Like it's not actually affecting you. Why does it? It's, why does it's, it's it? Why does it? Why does it disturb your spirit so much? It's the thought of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's the it's the thought of it. It's this is two people. Can you imagine if it was more? Yeah. And more and more. Imagine if there was an organization. Ten solely. students. No, not even that. Imagine there was an organization that was rich enough to fund so many students into these institutions. Oh my goodness, that is a problem. Why it's a problem? Because all of a sudden you are given the same privileges as me, as 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 my white people. You know what? That is that what, is the, horrific you know what, to them. I, you know what? The, the first step is getting in. The second step is navigating the space because it will still be a thing of absolutely. Oh, oh how did you get here? Oh, I got. I was on, I got, I, by Stormzy. I got on a Stormzy scholarship. Oh, Wonderful. oh, that, oh, that that cute little scholarship that mm, he created. Oh, oh. But what is it's it's my dad like went the, to this the house. direction in which we're going in because my dad was these in this students, college, it's the fact so that cool. it's not just one or two now. Imagine if there was so much more, and then they get into these institutions and they begin to to, to form a strongholds within the structures of these institutions. Mm. Maybe they get into the roles of recruiter and. Uh, 
assistants and, and dean, God forbid. Do you know what I mean? And then everything is changed. And that power, the turning and the flip of of conversation mm. is is very frightening. And they should be scared. We come in for you. <laughs> It is a scary thing. I just hope I you're prepared know. because we will get equality. Like it will happen. I just want equity. Would just be nice. Bro, at the very least, equity will be very nice. <laughs> but, but equality at the very least. But, but I, I hope you know what we are doing. Mm. And Stormzy, thank you so much for really shaking them. Yeah, he's been shaking. He's been shaking them from shaking for time. the table. He will stand up. At the, he will stand up at the Brit Awards and cuss off Theresa May. Yeah, he will stand up and just do. And I'm so happy about that. Here. And you know, for, for me, like I'm cussing you, but at the same time, I want you to be shook. So this is my rant. But I'm really happy about this rant. This is my first rant that I've been happy about because we're seeing something. Because if there was nothing, if there was no reaction to this, then it wouldn't have been mm-hmm. such a big thing. But because there's a reaction, I'm happy about it. So Stormzy, continue doing what you do and, and may your scholarship thrive. And, and in, in two years' time, may it be funding funding tens of thousands of, of black kids in the, in, in the United there Kingdom. There we go. There we go. And on that note... And most importantly, understood. I think that... I hope that you all have a great and blessed and joyful <laughs> and um, very pleasurable week. If love be rough and with you, be, be rough, rough with, with love. love. There we go. Um, make sure you check us out on the interwebs. We all are, of it. yeah, you know where we are. We're at. If you don't know, I want to say get to know, get but to here, know. but here we can. You can find us here. Mostly lit pod Instagram. Mostly lit on Twitter. Mostly dash lit dot com, and that's where we are. Yeah, tell us, guys. Do please comment, subscribe, and leave comments and and email us. We really do reply to. Been seeing some amazing emails lately and some amazing comments. So thank you so much for engaging with us online, and we really love you. And we hope that you thrive. Yeah, and R.I.P. Aretha Franklin and Kofi Annan. And Kofi Annan. This morning, I found out tragic news. We're really losing so many greats. But as I said. It's, I'm hopeful that we are making legends if, within our own contemporaries. You know what? And so, whenever I look at death, I just think, you know, what? they've came, they've done what they had to do. Exactly. This, they've, this, served, they've, they've served their purpose. They they were intentional and they made a difference. And the mere fact that we're mentioning them right now, so yeah, be great and be gone. Be bold and beautiful and black. Oh, we so I'm so happy today. Fun <laughs> <laughs> done, Shakespeare. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.